heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. This is Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. Good afternoon. And welcome to Healing the Whole Person on 88.5 FM WSFI Catholic Radio. Uh, my name is Susie McGinn. I'm your host today. And our guest, as always, on the third Thursday of the month is the illustrious Father Robert Sears. And if some of you who are uh, regular listeners to this program uh, will know that we've been doing a series on the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And today our subject will be, fathers especially, on faithfulness. And it reminded me uh, when I was thinking about this and preparing for the program of a beautiful verse in Lamentations. Many songs have been written on the basis of these verses, but it's in the third chapter, just two verses, 22 and 23. And it says, The Lord's loving kindnesses indeed never cease, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning great is your faithfulness yeah. <laughs> so that is that is our theme today and i'm just thankful for the faithfulness of our listeners and i'm thankful for the faithfulness of father sears and the holy spirit who guides us in these uh, reflections on his fruits so let us begin welcome father sears thank you very much susie that is uh, yes is it a powerful uh topic actually it's so it's so we have a whole series we've been doing the ones from the catechism of the catholic church and there's 12 of them and they're add three to paul's list in galatians 5 22 23 and so <clears throat> up to now we've treated charity and uh, joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness generosity and gentleness so these eight if we've done our eight and there are 12 so we have four more and this is the first of the last series of four is faithfulness and the Greek word for that is pistis pistis however is a word that is so frequently used in scripture that we really have to uh, look at it in a special way when we think of it as a fruit of the Holy Spirit because in general it simply means faith and faith is the most frequently used word in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so <laughs> you can't simply go by the, the word pistis to find out what it means. And it's, uh, it's not that frequently used as a moral virtue, which it is as a fruit of the Holy Spirit. So if we have faith, for example, we, we trust in Jesus and we trust in God and we trust that their word is going to be solid because they don't say things that aren't true and so we have faith in jesus but we could still have faith in jesus and not not have the fruit of faithfulness because faithfulness is a quality of trustworthiness and reliability of a person some someone who can you can totally count on mm -hmm. jesus calls the just serve steward in 
scripture wise and trustworthy in his stewardship that's in Matthew 24 to 45 how do you think father that we attain that spirit of trustworthiness and that fullness of the Holy Spirit (laughs) probably by long service (laughs) 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 because as a matter of fact as I will point out later the disciples thought they were faithful and so thinking about it isn't the way to do it so you have to really understand what it is first of all and then <clears throat> how to get to it so that we'll talk to about a little bit later but first of all just to get the understanding of it mm-hmm. can you think of a person who's faithful now Jesus actually had a description he says who then is faithful and prudent servant whom the master has put in charge of his household to distribute to them their food in proper time he says blessed is that servant he will be putting he will put him in charge of all his property so faithfulness in this case is somebody you can rely on if, if he says something he's going to do it mm-hmm. and he's not only going to do it he's going to have the capability of doing it I, you know as soon as i thought of that i thought of uh joseph in the old testament right you know it seems like every everybody he was with <laughs> put him in charge of their household because he distrusted him he was, when he said he would do something, even uh, the priest that he was uh, in charge of before his wife seduced him, you know, and then they believed the wife and right. they put him in prison. Right. <laughs> had put him in charge of all his household. Exactly. And then when finally he did, you know, he was in prison for three years. And so <laughs> finally the Pharaoh heard about him and he interpreted his dream. And uh, he, he was so impressed because all their uh, visionaries couldn't do it at all. They didn't know what it was about. And uh, Joseph interpreted it. So he put him in charge of second in charge of the whole realm. So that would be so, um, an, ex- an example of him distributing to them the food that that God had given, the gifts that he had given he, Joseph. He, he, Again, that's exactly right. Right. So, like, so it's not just food. Yeah. And prudent servant, Jesus says, whom the master put in charge to distribute to them their food Food. at the proper time. Right. And it's not just food that we think of that we eat during the day to maintain and sustain ourselves, but it's you know God's word, and and the gifts of the spirit. And again, I think the fruits of the spirit as we exhibit those to help others know God better that's another kind of food so it's not just physical it's spiritual gifts and and spiritual food as well a friend of mine had had a definition that he I thought was really he always seems to put it in a short way he says we are faithful when we live out our commitment to the teachings of our Lord Jesus Christ and to the scriptures. Right, exactly. It's God's plan for our life. What is that plan? And we are faithful to that as he reveals it to us. Yes. That's a good way to put it. God's plan because as he put us in the womb that uh, Jeremiah 1.5 says that before I placed you in the womb I knew you and I appointed you to be a prophet to the nations. Right. And so when God does that, he's faithful, giving us the gifts that we need to do what we are called to do. And we're faithful when we really live them out. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so, and that, that's 
kind of the the juggernaut of all this living the the Christian life because sometimes we're not faithful and not faithful living them out uh, because sin gets in the way uh, but again we can uh, what would you say father confess those sins see well, yes, um, we're, we're faithful if we keep coming back and ask Jesus to forgive us because right. you know none of us are faithful by ourselves and so that question that you asked is is really a very important one he says there's because there's two passages in the john's gospel of disciples thinking they were faithful thinking that they would actually carry out what they were supposed to do you you might remember them it's in the 13 37 to 38 peter asked jesus lester why can't i follow you now i will lay down my life for you Mm -hmm. And Jesus answered him, Will you lay down your life for me? Amen, amen, I say to you, the cock will not crow before you deny me three times. Right. And that's what he did. Only one sinless person. Excuse me. (laughs) There was only one sinless person in in our world, our dear mother, Mary. Uh, So everyone is going to fall short of the glory of God, as it says in Ephesians. Everybody, yeah, Jesus said that. And that's very encouraging, actually, because it shows that God isn't... uh, He's not deceived about us. No. <laughs> he knows we're going to fall. A just man, is, is, I think somebody said in the Psalms, I, I can't remember the Psalm, but anyway, just man falls seven times a day. So, <clears throat> well, if you do fall, remember Jesus is faithful, and he's taken on himself the consequences of all our sins. Right. That's so the there first John. anything yeah. that we haven't that we have done or will do that he hasn't already forgiven it's so our faithfulness in that sense would be to constantly trust in his forgiveness and keep coming back and saying lord free me from this and we make new steps every day to do it you know yeah in the first, other uh, the other example i wanted to bring that up too because it's actually god sandwich jesus sandwiches these two in the different chapters of john's the last supper you know the first one was 13th and this next one is 16th just uh-huh. before he has the final prayer in the, john 7 the high priestly prayer right yeah this this is what he says you know the disciples after he had given the example of the woman giving birth to explain what would happen to his disciples and they probably didn't get didn't totally understand but Jesus was now saying these things strict to rate and he they said now we realize that you know everything and that you don't need to have anyone question you because of this we believe that you came from God right right Jesus answered them and he said do you now believe Behold, the hour is coming and has arrived when each of you will be scattered to his own home and you will leave me alone. Mm. And they both think, see, they both think they're faithful. <laughs> <laughs> but but they fail Jesus in the clutch. Why? What's, what is it that we need to, to learn how to be faithful? Whoever has my commandments and observes them, Jesus says, is the one who loves me. Right. So it's not enough to know the commandments. We have to develop faithfulness by actually carrying it out by faithful action. And that's what we, how we learn it, actually, is by carrying it out. And so in order to do this, ultimately, we really have to be faithful. We have to let Jesus empower us to do it. 
practice makes perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> Remember what he said in the yeah. Garden of Gethsemane before yeah, they all right. ran away? He said, watch and wait. You know, all, I think there were only three of them there, the, the main ones. Right. But uh, <clears throat> watch and wait that they might not be brought into temptation. And they fell asleep. Yep. So yeah. they got swept away in the fear, and they overwhelmed them. So in a sense, that's really what's going to happen if we don't let God empower us. Right. So when we pray the Our Father, for example, it says, lead us not into temptation, which is rather a bad translation, really, because God doesn't tempt anybody. But it means don't abandon us in the temptation, but deliver us from evil. That is, strengthen us in the temptation so that we won't fall and that that's what jesus was asking them to do but it was overwhelming for them so they really give us a good example that we need to have god's empowerment to really be faithful because uh, we're up against <laughs> how many years of of uh, of evil spirits and yeah sin. yeah clogging our universe you know because everything everybody did and we everybody was sinful up to jesus because jesus said no one is good except god no. so everybody was sinful and our ancestors included and and especially so back through the generations and so until we really are able to forgive them with jesus and ourselves right. and let jesus forgive all of us we can't be faithful. No. If we, if we think we're going to do it ourselves, we're going to be sadly uh, <laughs> brought into reality. I, I've, I've told a story about my own uh, coming to awareness of some of this in uh, frequently, but it just comes to me again is uh, the fact that <clears throat> it took me 42 years to realize that my effort to save myself was simply making things worse. <laughs> <laughs> okay, explain God. that now, Father. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, then it was another 43 years that I realized that even letting God do it wasn't doing it because I was, you know, I said in the womb, I won't be a burden. And so I was trying to protect my mother from me and I was playing God. And so that just meant that I was trying to save myself by not overwhelming my mother. And then I chose God, I was relying on God, but uh, that wasn't right either because I was using God as my support and and still protecting my mother. So I was, I was correcting what God did. He put me in the womb in the first place. It wasn't my problem. <laughs> <laughs> it was his choice. He, was his he chose problem. your parents. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And and uh, Mary, I, I always think of Mary in, in the, the way she responded to Joseph's temptation because she knew what he was going through and she didn't say anything. In this new book that I've recommended to people that's called The Life of St. Joseph, it's, uh, we can talk about how to get it, but what, what he mentioned there was Joseph was praying that Mary would explain this to him or that the Heavenly Father would explain it to him, but he, he couldn't, they, they were not. And the Heavenly Father was testing him to see how faithful he would be. And he was he was willing to leave and he was ready to leave. Right because he didn't feel worthy to be, and he didn't feel it was honest to, 
to pretend that he was the father of this child that was yeah. obviously miraculously being <laughs> conceived. Yeah, he said it was. Uh, but he didn't know what was going on. And that so he, he was ready to leave when the to divorce her said, quietly. It says, exactly. yeah. yeah, yeah, and right. the, and the Lord sent an angel. Says, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because you are to, to be her husband, and you are to uh, give the name Jesus, because it's the father of the family that is to name the child. Right. And Joseph was brought at peace, because the Lord finally explained what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> but the book is wonderful the way he presents it, because it's not because Joseph doubted Mary's faithfulness. He knew she was totally... Oh, sure. Yeah, yes. Way more than he was. But he just didn't, he didn't feel you worthy know, either. You got the wrong person, Lord, <laughs> to choose me. <laughs> Lord, I am not worthy. <laughs> but I think of Joseph as the other one who's in Scripture who is most faithful. And why, why did God choose him? Because he was totally reliable yeah. and totally only wanted to do God's will. Right. And he, and just like the Joseph of the Old Testament, God put him over his most precious possessions, his own son mm -hmm. and her, his mother, the, the most precious possessions. So God trusted him totally to be faithful to God for whatever he would inspire him to do for them. Right. But you know what, uh, something that encourages me uh, is to know how God used some of the, especially some of the people in the Old Testament that were sinners, clearly, you know, and did things wrong, but God still used them. Think of King David. I mean, the greatest king of all time, other than Jesus himself, but what he did, and yet how God used him in such a mighty way, and uh, but he was guilty of not only um, a fornication and adultery and murder, <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> and and, uh, and then did did David have a wife before Bathsheba was? Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. Who was his wife? Do you? Yeah, I don't. Yes, yeah, so he had other wives, but that this was a special one actually. And notice, notice what who God chose, whose son God chose to be a follower of David. Solomon yes. was from Bathsheba. Yeah. So it wasn't that wife. It was. It was. It wasn't the previous wives. It was this one that he had uh, out of. Uh, well, the first baby lost, died. I think was really he loved. He, he he fell in love with Bathsheba. So it was that one. Now, why would God do that? Why right. does He do that? Why did He, for example, uh, choose Samson and then Samson then falls for Delilah right. and and she gets uh, loses all his strength and then and then he comes back and he he he, he takes vengeance on more Philistines at that time than all the rest of his life. Right. You know, it's kind of like God is has to show us that He's healing us while we're still sinners. Right. Cain and There's Abel. Or Jesus was without sin. Right. Look at Cain and Abel. You know, uh, there's another one, and Jacob and Esau. God used those, even though they were sinful. They He used them and made good out of it, and His Holy Spirit filled them and controlled them and uh, used them for God's almighty plan. It, it's yes, it, now, it's very encouraging. 
to me. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful that you bring that up because it's exactly what God is showing us in the Old Testament. Without God's transformation, we can't be restored into what God intended for us before Adam and Eve sinned. Right. The yeah. only way that could happen, and that was John Scotus has actually argued that way for the Immaculate Conception, right. that Jesus would have had to come whether we had sinned or not. Because the goal of God was that we would be uh, made into the family of God. We would be divinized, and only God could do that. So it wasn't until Jesus became human that it was even possible for us to carry out what God had intended in the beginning, namely that we would live out of the divine will. And this is what uh, Jesus is revealing to Louisa Picaretta and has revealed, and she died in 1947, so he's been doing this ever since that and the, the prayer that we have Father Delinda Rotolo uh, the Novena prayer is living that out namely if we surrender things to God Jesus said he would do it and uh, I don't know if uh, people know about that particular prayer but I'd be happy to send it to anybody that would like to or if you okay. have I'll, I think you do have the uh, thing so you could just uh, ask W88.5 yes they can yeah? They can yeah, just. They would send that prayer to you because it's very powerful. It's. Uh, I'll just read part of it, and, and you can see what. What they, this is the first day. He says, "Why do you confuse yourself by worrying? Leave the care of your affairs to me, and everything will be peaceful." I say to you in truth, this is Jesus speaking, that every act of true, blind, complete surrender to me produces the effect that you desire and resolves all difficult situations. Surrender to me does not mean to fret, to be upset, or to lose hope, or to. nor does it mean offering me a worried prayer, asking me to follow you and change your worry into prayer. <laughs> it is against this surrender, deeply against it, to worry, mm -hmm. to be nervous, to desire to think about the consequences of anything. It's like the confusion that children feel when they ask their mother to see to their needs and then try to take care of those needs for themselves and so that their childlike efforts get in their mother's way. This is Jesus. He's has a simple way of saying it, but very right down to earth. Right. And then you say, oh, Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. Ten times. <laughs> okay. <laughs> in other That's words, easy. If we, this, if we did this novena just every day, another one, and just keep repeating it, we get close to what Adam and Eve were supposed to do in the beginning, is live entirely out of the divine will. Only let God's will be what guides you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Louisa died in 1947, so he's been willing to do this since then, but this prayer, Delindo, Father Delindo died in 1970, so okay. this prayer was written later, but it, the effectiveness is already because Jesus said he was beginning with Louisa to do, do a third fiat, namely the gift of his will to actually carry out on earth what the Father chooses in heaven. Amen. Father, I think you can hear that music, and so I want to pick up on this when we come back after the break, which will be in just a few minutes. So please stay with us. We're li you're listening to Healing the Whole Person. Very good. Thank you. Hi, 
this is Wes Riccio from the Holy Family Catholic Bookstore, wishing the fullness of God's blessings upon all those who will soon be receiving the sacrament for the first time. If you have a child, grandchild, or godchild being baptized, receiving their first Holy Communion, or being confirmed, remember that Holy Family has the area's largest selection of gifts, accessories, and supplies to make their special day more memorable. The Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is at 9249 Old Green Bay Road, Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. More information, including a virtual tour, is available on Facebook. Want an example of a false sense of security? How about relying on the life insurance you get through work to pay for all of your final expenses? Do you have plans to retire someday? Or do you plan on working for that company for the rest of your life? The fact is, you may lose your life insurance when you leave a company. I'm Matt Tomlinson from Catholic Financial Life, and I invite you to share your hopes and dreams with me. To discuss your options for protecting your family, call me at 847-548-MAT. That's 847-548-6288. Products and services not available in all states. Welcome back to Healing the Whole Person. My name is Susie McGinn, and uh, this is the third Thursday of the month. So what do we have? We have the wonderful Father Robert Sears as our guest today. And um, if some of you have been listening, you know that we are doing a series on the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And today our subject is the fruit of faithfulness. And... Um, did you want to say any more about Luisa Picarata or the um, that the priest's prayer, Father? Before we go on, uh, well, just just I, I just I, I say that over and over again because it's something that I have to learn myself, and uh, that is that if we do release it to Jesus, Jesus is faithful. So this is another the point that that uh, that God is the one who lives these fruits of the Holy Spirit fully. God is loving, God is joyful, God right. is patient, infinitely patient, all of those fruits of the Holy Spirit. And so God is, you might say, the paradigm of faithfulness. And when he gives a promise, for example, or the prophecies of the, the Old Testament, they will be fulfilled because God does not promise anything he doesn't do. That's right. And that's what he wants to us to do. But we, as I say, we were made originally to live out of God's will. And that's the way Adam and Eve were doing before they sinned. And so what uh, God had said to uh, Louisa Picaretta that Adam and Eve lived for a time in the divine will. And that everything that they did at that time affected everybody who ever existed or ever would exist because it was before time and so it was in God's eternity that they acted. You're talking and about so Adam when and they Eve, acted right. that way that yeah. means that even though there's an overlay of sinfulness and that's what we pick up and that's what we learned in the womb and what we've started to do deep down beyond that is the awareness that we're made and grounded in unconditional love. And if we could get breakthrough to that unconditional love, and there's a, a book that I had recommended and I will recommend again, it's called uh, Feelings Buried Alive Never Die. Oh. <laughs> that's by Carol Truman. Oh, that K sounds good. K. Yeah, I like the title. <laughs> yes, it's yeah. beautiful. I mean, it's also very true. It's intriguing, yeah. In other yeah. words, if you're just going to bury your hurts, they're going to have an effect. They're going to make they, you sick. Yeah. And it, right. And I, I found that out after 85 years. Oh, I bet you knew it before then. <laughs> Unless you get at the root, 
you can't really be faithful. Right. Because you're always going to run into that part where you are trying to save yourself. Because we were all of us brought up to think that we had to be good for God to love us. Oh, I know. That was isn't it a shame? There's so many people that including myself that for many years I was so misled. I thought my righteousness was going to get me to heaven. <laughs> and and God says in his Isaiah, he says our righteousness is as filthy rags. Isn't yes. it? I'm, that's pretty Well, the first time I heard that I went, "What?" <laughs> You know, I thought I was this good, faithful, wonderful person. You know? I know. But it's, it's, you have, it takes a long, long time it does. to really come in touch with the fact that we've been trying to save ourselves almost from the womb. I, I had, and it took me 85 years actually to ultimately realize that even choosing God as my support so that I wouldn't overwhelm my mother was playing God for my mother. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I, I did that for another person and got scammed because uh, I wouldn't let go. I kept thinking she was going to, you know, come through and she'll be an example of, you know, the faithfulness. We can really get this done. <laughs> well, then I got really scammed and then I lost a lot of money and said, Lord, what are you trying to teach me? And, <laughs> and basically what what came to me was that I was, I was protecting uh, my mother from my from me by choosing God and oh. so I was carrying out the same pattern with this other person to try to be more than what I was called to do for this person we could do that for all our children for example we can be blaming ourselves which had happened you know just recently in one of the people that I see that she was blaming herself for not saving her mother not blaming herself for any of the problems that their children went through well that that's that could very well be true because we're all affecting everybody oh, sure. that come after and everybody that went before but but we aren't the solution god is letting it happen but he's got the solution he's given us a solution and the, his solution will be empowering us for example he tells us unless we're born again of water and the holy spirit right. we cannot see the kingdom of god Amen. and we certainly can't enter it that's in john 3 john 3 yes it over. yeah and that what it, well, what how can we get born again well we're baptized yes but what does that mean concretely well, I don't mean, I've come to realize it means that we choose Mary as our spiritual mother, not just for us, but for our parents and right. grandparents, everybody, back to Adam and Eve. And we choose St. Joseph as our spiritual father, as the representative, the human representative for Jesus in his human upbringing. Yeah. Jesus obeyed them his whole life. Yeah. And Joseph, of course, died earlier, but Mary was obeying Joseph, and Joseph was so humble, according to this book, The Life of St. Joseph, which I mentioned to you before, which is a very good book, and you can get it at uh, the website. It's called www.101foundation.com, and uh, go down to the bottom list, and it show the, the books that they sell there. Okay. This is called The Life of St. Joseph. Well, that's easy to remember, yeah. Yeah, it's revealed by Jesus to this uh, abbess of a monastery, a Benedictine abbess in Italy around 1744, I believe, and to 1763 or something like that. But anyway, that's very important that Joseph is another example, and 
those are the, we're we're baptized into Jesus's family. Right. You know, and I think Mary the, is um, freed for sin, not just for herself, but for all of us, because Adam and Eve were before they sinned. They didn't have sin. <laughs> right. <laughs> so if they get born again by a new mother, and the mother is the healing, not just for you, but for your mother. So this is the best thing you can do for your parents or your children. Release them all to Mary and Joseph, and you will then be able to be faithful. Right. But otherwise, you won't be able to be, because we need to be born again in order even to see the kingdom of God, right. and certainly to live it. You used a word a little earlier when you began this, uh, the word choose. And I think uh, choosing uh, to be Mary to be our mother and St. Joseph to be our father in a, in a, a spiritual sense, not actually, but um, I... I, when you use that word choose that God gave us that gave great gift of free will that we could choose him and we could choose our dear Lord Jesus to be the Lord of our lives and um, I and we have think, to really do that because all yeah. of our sin goes back to a wrong choice right like I was making a choice in the womb not to be a burden right and, uh, and that, so I was really creating myself as a burden. <laughs> right. And he said, you know, behold. By choosing not to be. <laughs> in Revelation, he says, um, the, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, we have to choose. There's your word again, that choice. We have to open the door to him and get filled with the Holy Spirit. And then he will come in and he says he'll sup with us. Us. He'll eat with us. And of course, what do we have? We have the Eucharist. He gave us the greatest meal of all time, himself. And that reminds me, doesn't it, as of the disciples going to Emmaus, and they didn't yeah. understand. No. And he opened their minds to see that that oh, Christ had to suffer and so to enter into his glory. And then when he had the meal with them and he was breaking the bread, then they recognized then, him. Then they recognized him. <laughs> right, right. You know, another thing I was thinking, you kept ta- bringing up um, Adam and Eve. And uh, one of the things that uh, God said to them after they were created and he uh, gave Adam, um, Eve and all that, he told them to be fruitful and multiply. And when I was thinking about that today, I thought, okay, we're talking about fruits today. <laughs> we're talking about right. the fruit of faithful. And yes. he wanted them to be full of the Holy Spirit, to be full of his fruits. To be, yes. And He's to, making us in his image. Yes. His image is creative love. Right, right. So that's, and that, multiply. That's right, exactly. Well, that's one of the reasons that, uh, that homosexuality sexual marriages, etc., don't make sense in God's right. sense. It's intrinsically they fruitful. They wrong. can't bring new life in that. They mm. can help new life because they can adopt people and get other things. But it's the, it's the relationship itself, their joint love gives rise to the fruitfulness of the Holy Spirit in the Trinity. And he's made us in the image of the Trinity. And so that's really what we deep down want to do. We want to, in a sense, bring new life into the world and give them the love that we've received from God. So you can't really, also, one of the things that we tend to do is to, because of being taught that we have to be good for God to love us, which is simply not true, 
but I didn't know no, that myself. No, I learned more scripture. Yeah. Really thought, because who who does Jesus come to save? He's coming. He says he's not the just, but the sinners. That's right. So, it's and his who goodness. Did he choose? They're all sinners. I mean, all of his disciples were ran away, except for what the the one disciple that didn't run away doesn't name himself. He's just the disciple Jesus loved. You're right, you're right. In other words, so <laughs> his humble. fidelity is so is simply Jesus's fidelity in him. Right. His, and so when G, John, that is when the, his beloved disciple uh, was on, you know, standing under the cross, Jesus said, "What woman?" And again, she's just using the Old Testament prediction that I will place enmity between you and the woman. So mm-hmm. he's using woman. Right. To again. Mary, that she is the woman, <laughs> right. and he is the offspring, and this is what will happen. And so Jesus on the cross, he says, woman, behold your son, and son, behold your mother. Right. And from that moment, he took her, every translation it says, into her home. But that's not the literal meaning of the Greek. The literal meaning of the Greek is into his own. Yeah. He made her his own mother. Mother, yes, yes. And idiom, not oikon. So it's not to the house; it's to the relationship. Because right. in John ten, you know, he says the good shepherd knows his own, right. and his own know him. So it's a particular intimate belonging relationship. Yes, yes. Jesus, we're his family, and so when when he rises, he says to to. Uh, Mary Magdalene to to go to his brothers the first time he uses brothers and tell them that I am ascending to my father and to your father so he's restored that family relationship through his death now they they have his own father as their father they are the family of God they are Jesus's brothers and sisters right and so are we so are and we. so are we, yeah. and that is what the ground of our faithfulness will be as we begin to really take that seriously and let them live through us, then we will start to be like them, and we could draw other people to have the same trust and realize that they are, they are the sufficient, sufficient answer to everyone. They're God's answer, ultimately, that we get born again. Right. You know, Father, um, when my husband and I were dating, we were engaged at that point um, and uh, getting preparing for our marriage. And one of the things he asked me was, what is your goal in our marriage? Uh, ah. And, I, you know, kind of threw me off guard a little bit. <laughs> but... But you know what? I had memorized an answer to that question, even though I didn't know he was going to ask me that. But I knew the answer, but I didn't know how I was going to achieve it. And the answer I gave him was, I'm going to save your soul and mine. But I thought, well, that's the way I thought then. But then it was some years later when I turned 29 that God, through his great love and grace, revealed to me that it was his goodness, his righteousness that was going to save my soul and Joe's soul. And we were going to help each other achieve that by our spirituality and our mutual support and love for one another. But it was going to be God's righteousness that was going to do his goodness, not ours. And I think that... I think yeah, that's that is, that's exactly right. Now the the the, the uh, because actually you know Catholics view marriage as a sacrament. Now the Protestants don't do that. They they 
they see it as you know God wanted etc but as a sacrament we mean an outward sign instituted by guys to by God to do what right to give grace exactly so the relationship is supposed to give grace now how can it give grace unless each one of the the uh, parents uh, husband and wife are focused on God right they can they have to be praying for each other so they're, they're from a psychological point of view there have to be bad marriages before there are good ones right because we have to get disillusioned from typically the, the humanness to be able to save the other person it won't work and if we're expecting the other to be perfect we're deceiving ourselves since no one is good except God so the only way you could be good is to release each other to God and be faithful to God exactly. no matter what the other chooses. Exactly. That's right. And, and that's I have to say it works. Because nowadays <laughs> we're looking for people that are faithful in our culture. And yeah. Where do we look? We don't know who to trust. No, we do not. That's we, that is we, for sure. We, we don't know. We don't know whether they're trying to, you know, just Jesus. We trust in you. Money or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. it, it's like this whole yeah. pandemic is so filled with uncertainties because we don't know who to believe. Uh huh. And uh, every time you look at the news, you, okay. you get more and more things. And now that now we find like there's metal in this, so that people who've been vaccinated can actually have found that that the things that are stuck to their refrigerator are sticking to their arm where they were vaccinated you know uh, there's some somehow metal in their in the vaccine really they didn't tell us about that uh, you know, that's all of us it's oh my goodness <laughs> and they say don't you can't get the you know the uh, the particular thing that uses uh, uh, our body, you know, when you have to scope. What is it? Uh, you you, you, you can't do that for about four, four months, you know, afterwards because it will be affected by this uh, magnetic uh, effect. In yeah. The, in the body. Right. Oh, of my the vaccination. So, so this is, in other words, we don't, we aren't getting the whole truth. And if we don't get the whole truth, then somebody's not being faithful. Right, right. You see, not faithful to us. No. Because they're not really letting us know all the things that are no, going on. No, we're, we're being used as guinea pigs, I'm afraid. Yes. Yeah, because they didn't test it on animals first. They they tested it on us, but not me. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, we don't, it's, people can choose differently, and God will yeah. pr protect them if, they've, if they're in good faith and they're choosing. I'm just saying that it's very hard for people now to know what to trust because we we don't have the people that we really kind of put our chips down with and say they're always going to tell you the truth no matter what it costs right it's right. the martyrs who actually showed that faithfulness for jesus they gave right. their life on it so you, right. you know that they meant what they said you know, absolutely but um, they couldn't do it on their own it had to be god doing it in them i just want a, a little uh, final help from you on this subject again of faithfulness and the fruits of the Spirit and being filled with the Holy Spirit because I think when you're spirit filled then you the the fruits can exhibit themselves so uh, could you just briefly tell us how to be filled with the Holy Spirit <laughs> 
Well, to love God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and your neighbor as yourself. Okay. That's, that's really going to be filled with the Holy Spirit because that's what the Holy Spirit does. And that's, you might say, that's Jesus' explanations of the Beatitudes. So seven chapters, or those seven, five to seven in Matthew's Matthew. Gospel mm-hmm. are, are not just the Beatitudes, they're the explanation of the Beatitudes afterwards. And what he says there for the poor in spirit is love your enemy. Right. Love your love. Love is, and ask. Ask and you will receive. Receive and seek and you so will find. So the poor people yeah. are those who ask. And when we ever ask, Jesus says you will be answered. Right. It's recog- God is faithful. Recognizing our need for him. Right. right. He won't promise something he won't do. That's right. Yeah. Well, that, that is really beautiful. And I just, um, you know, I, I find this a very exciting subject, Father. And I, I, we don't have any specific prayer requests today, but um, I think we could just close with close some with intentions. So. Yes. And then, Perfect. if you would, and also uh, with your blessing. Yes. So, Lord Jesus, we ask that you help us to be faithful, not just to you, Jesus, but to one another. And if we make promises to each other, then we keep it as long as it's it's a mutual thing and that we are open to your empowerment to do it. We don't try to do it ourselves. Mm -hmm. We don't take responsibility for being faithful. It is your faithfulness that empowers us to do it, Lord. And I pray that for everybody that's listening, that we would experience God's faithfulness and that we would know that he doesn't expect us to be faithful on our own. I couldn't save myself as much as I tried for 85 years. <laughs> <laughs> and But it once I released it to God, then I knew I was on solid ground. He's building on the rock. The rock is not Peter. The rock is his own faithfulness to his promise. And the rock is Peter's willingness to let God be it. And he had to make sins before that in order he'd know where the real strength is coming. And so we ask, Lord, that all of our listeners would begin to see that their faithfulness is not from their trying harder, but it's from their faith and trust in Jesus in his faithfulness his goodness because he never promises or even calls us to something he isn't doing and so they are now restoring us to what Adam and Eve were before they sinned by giving us his own holy family as our family our spiritual family and the family that will heal our parents and our children in Christ our Lord Amen Amen Thank you Father Thank you very much Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. For more information about this program or to purchase additional CD copies, please call us at 224-206-8455. That's 224-206-8455. 
or visit us online at wsfiradio.org. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease.